Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Digital Masters Podcast. Today we have Justin Brown from The Motion Agency, and we're gonna be talking about the hidden benefits and the ROI of podcasting, how to be a good podcast host, how to make a successful show, and a little bit about Clubhouse, the new audio social media platform, and some cool ideas that you might think about if you wanna use it yourself. All right, let's get into it. What's going on, Justin? Hey, Steven, how are you? Doing awesome, man. Thanks for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. One thing I was I was doing a little bit of research on you uh, just before the show. I, I saw this actually a little bit earlier too, but I was looking at your LinkedIn profile and I saw the picture of you and, and Gary V. So I'm, I'm curious like what the story is behind that, that snapshot there. Yeah, so uh, on the side, I collect high-end sports cards okay. and... Uh, so does Gary, um, yep. and he and I have gone back and forth quite a few times um, talking about it, and uh, we actually did a show together um, on a YouTube channel that I've since shut down. I, I, I got Gary on there, had one more high-profile guest, and uh, decided it was taking too much of my time. Uh, I have a business to run, and it, it was fun, um, especially when COVID hit. Uh, there was a big boom in the sports card game, which for me was great because I had already been doing it. Um, and uh, there was also a boom in the podcast game. And uh, so, so I picked, <laughs> I picked, I still do that stuff on the side as kind of just like a fun hobby. Um, but yeah, that's how Gary and I know each other. Um, so interesting that you that you saw that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I have a. Um, I was in baseball cards a while, uh, way back when I was a kid too. Back, back in like '88 and '89, when, like, it was like the the, the boom, I think. And then right after that, it, it all crashed. Yeah, uh, I remember like going to the store and buying all these like air packs. Uh, oh yeah. They had, and it was just like because those cards, I remember they were going for like outrageous amounts, and then like, it felt like two or three months later they were like worthless. <laughs> yeah, couldn't give them away. Yeah. It's, it's interesting now everyone's from, you know, that kind of generation is having kids and they're re-exploring this stuff with their kids. Um, and I've just been a nerd on the side, continuing to do it myself, not with any kids. Um, but it's nice that, you know, some other people happen to share that, that passion for me. You know, I, I always have my hands in sports any way that I can. It's actually where I got my start um, doing kind of media um, if you will, in college, I, I ran a, a sports talk show um, as part of the college radio station. Um, so it, it is funny how life, you know, comes full circle. Here I am, ten years later, uh, owning a podcast company, continuing to do media. Um, so yeah, I kind of have my hands still in in sports uh, any way that I can. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I remember when I was a kid, like the 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 prized possession was the Honus Wagner. I think I think it was. It's like the most the most valuable baseball card out out there. The T two hundred six. It's uh, <laughs> probably a ten to twenty million dollar card now. Wow. Well, cool, man. So I, I was talking to your partner Tristan last week, uh, your business partner, and I, I was telling him I was like, it's a it's a real testament to podcasting because the way I got introduced to you was I I ran across a post from Nick Bennett, and uh, and then I reached out to him. I was and I noticed that you guys had he had a really creative video style going on with his with this clip i was like man how you like first of all nice to meet you but i was like i was like hey like who's, who's helping you out with uh with your podcast and then he introduced me to you and like it's just really interesting how those conversations uh kind of play out 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, podcasting, when we started doing it um, in 2019, uh, you know, we, we weren't a podcast agency at the time. We were just wanted to be able to have some sort of way to say that we had our finger on the pulse of the industry, which for us was B2B technology. And, you know, people don't want to listen to a bunch of agency owners necessarily always talking and giving their spiel, which is probably why, you know, you have me on here. It's not just, you know, the, the, the Stephen Pope show, you, you bring on other folks to come and talk. And so when we launched our podcast, you know, that was the goal. But what we found was it gave us a voice, um, it gave us the opportunity to have something to say that people cared about um, and connect connect you with people. You know, I know that account-based podcasting has really become a thing, but I think there's so much more to it than just trying to land a new account with your podcast. Just getting to know the people in your space, having something to talk about, having content to put out that people care about and they actually want to engage with. So yeah, I mean, I completely agree. It's just such a phenomenal way to get to know people and, and, and just, you know, learn from each other. Yeah. The, the main thing that people, when I'm always encouraging people, uh, and, and sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm trying to encourage people that are really out of the, that kind of space altogether. Uh, I feel like the startup world knows this, this stuff a little bit better. I, I'm often talking to professional service firms, you know, other agencies, consultants, and some of this stuff is really foreign to them. And, and they always just wonder like, oh, like, how am I going to get subscribers, all this stuff? And I'm just like, well, it's like not even necessarily about that. I mean, that's, that, that could be the long tail kind of advantage. Maybe that does happen. And maybe that is maybe that is something that you focus on. But there's so many different ways of like creating conversations. You learn, you learn about your customers. Uh, so I can have somebody on and just interview them. And, you know, you just learn a lot about like, your customers or like I've already learned a lot from you guys. Just like, I mean, I, I've literally just taken things that you guys have said and kind of adopted it. So I appreciate that. I mean, it's just like, there's so many different things that you you get from it. So, um, so yeah, and when it comes to professional services companies, sorry to cut you off there, Stephen, but oh, yeah. I, I have a, a definitely uh, an opinion there. Um, when it comes to professional services companies, I mean, I think that there's a really hard um, avenue of demonstrating, you know, how you're different. Um, you know, financial services companies is a great example. You know, every single one of them is telling you they're going to manage your money well, or whatever it is that their, their spiel is. What's, what's our difference? Our difference is our people. And like, sure. I mean, I believe you, I believe you have the best people, just like every one of your competitors says that they have the best people. But when you launch a thought leadership program, like a, a podcast, you can actually demonstrate that. Um, and that's why we wanted to launch our podcast initially was just to show that Tristan and I felt like we had something to offer to the B2B tech community. Um, but if we didn't have this podcast, there was no way for us to kind of get it out there that, hey, check me out talking to the CMO and being able to speak their language and have this engaging conversation. Wouldn't you want to work with someone like me um, instead of me just creating a 90 second video about my company saying how different motion is and everyone's like well yeah you're different and everyone they, you guys all say you're different versus like a technology solution solves a problem right so it's very easy to say here's an issue here's how my technology solves it here's my unique key differentiator with professional services it's a lot harder to show that you're different and so for us our podcast 
was a way for us to have a voice and to show people, hey, you want to know how I'm different? Go listen to my podcast. Go listen to the way that I interact with the CMOs that are in your space. I talk to them like they're my peers. Um, and so for us, that was a big differentiator. Then because of that, we fell in love with the space and ended up transitioning our entire business uh, to being a podcast agency. But when we started a podcast, it had nothing to do with that. It was just to show that in a very saturated market and landscape of professional services companies providing uh, for us marketing services to B2B tech and SaaS companies, uh, the podcast gave us a way to differentiate as a services business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you're so right, because I, I talk to a lot of like professional service firms, like even strangely enough, like a lot of CPAs, financial advisors, um, and, and you're right, they all just kind of say the same thing. It's like, we manage your money, we help you find your dream life or whatever it is. And uh, this is like the way that, uh, I mean, and, and I'm using it for myself, this is the way that I've been able to kind of just like uh, look a lot different. Because even when I'm in some of the, the traditional networking groups, as soon as they hear that I'm doing this, it like really cuts through the noise. They want to know about it. They're like interested in it. It just, even in like, like an old uh, traditional ways, it just makes you look a lot different. Um, yeah. So, uh, so cool. So you guys, so th this is something that I was uh, was curious that maybe you could help me out because I'm, I'm fairly new and then other people that are thinking about getting into podcasting. So I looked, you guys have done like 300 plus shows. So what do you think goes into making a good podcast host? What goes into making a good host? Yeah, a good host. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a variety of things. I think that being able to speak the same language as your guest, but if we take a step back, and it's funny because Tristan did this, but I haven't heard his episode yet, so I hope that I'm not saying all the same things he did. Um, but oh, no. I, I think... I'm, asking, I'm actually I'm, I'm purposefully asking different questions. Okay, good. Um, I think what it comes back to is if we're talking about a podcast for business, is a host understands how to help the audience. Um, you know, Stephen, I can already tell you're doing a good job as a host, right? But if I wanted to go listen to Adam Sandler or get interviewed by uh, Jason Bateman, I mean, that's going to beat this interview most likely in terms of entertainment value. Uh, right. So if people are going to look to laugh and cry and all those other things or be shocked from a Dateline podcast, um, you know, that's a different thing that they'll take away from their podcast. But when they're going for a business podcast, a good host has the ability to take the subject matter that they're talking about and help the audience to get better at their job. You know, my hope is that if somebody for you as the host, and this is my kind of role as the guest is I hope that somebody listens to this podcast and they're able to walk away from it, having gained something and learned something. And I think the host has the ability to connect with the guest and then to extract that kind of information so that their audience um, is able to gain something out of the episode. Because I'll tell you this, from my perspective, there's nothing worse than listening to a business podcast for 30 minutes, even if I'm listening to it on 1.5x and walking away not feeling like I've learned anything. Uh, it's like yeah. it's a conversation between two buddies and they just – talked about that time that they went to that conference in 2019. Oh, weren't those times great? 
And I didn't really, sure, maybe they had a few laughs or whatever, but I didn't walk away with anything from that. Um, And for me, I think that that is a failed execution on a business podcast by the host to not give your audience something to walk away with. So I think what makes a good host is the understanding of these people are here for a reason and I need to make sure that I give them the information that they came for. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and I, when I think back to when I started to do my show, I did think about some of these things kind of strategically. Like a lot of the times people, they start by like asking the guest, you know, like exactly what they do and like, uh, and, and there's no, I don't think there's a right or wrong, but like, I kind of purposefully said, okay, I, my audience mostly cares about getting information. So I'm going to ask the guests what they do, but I'm going to just do that kind of near the end. And then you don't want to know where I started my career and how I worked my way up the ladder and started my own business. No, I mean, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent sometimes. And what I tell my clients to do in that situation is like, if you do really want to tee up the conversation, have someone tell you their background is 60 seconds or less. Let, let's not spend seven minutes hearing someone's background. How does yeah. that help your audience? And I think if you're always focusing on that, focusing on helping your audience, doesn't mean that you can't be funny. doesn't mean you can't have good rapport and tell jokes, talk about um, stories that are, um, you know, make you very vulnerable. I think all those things are welcome and, and add them in as much as you can. Um, but it's also hard to replicate funny. It's hard to replicate um, clever. I, I think what we're going for is educational material that you can listen to in an audio format. It's kind of fun to listen to. Yeah, exactly. And and one of the things that I've found for myself, and, and I'd be interested in your take on this too, is like, and, and it's hard sometimes because like I have to kind of monitor a few different things as I do this. Like I don't have a producer with me that's like doing everything, but you kind of have to be able to stay in the moment and listen to what the person's saying and, uh, and just kind of like roll with it. You kind of have a direction, so, but you can't push it too fast and you have to kind of stay engaged and just like really just like be a good listener. And, and I just kind of take the curious approach. Like I brought you on here to learn from you and then hopefully I can just like channel that into the audience. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing I, I realized too, is you have to get pretty good at like uh, being able to pronounce people's names because <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm hopefully an easy one for you. Yeah. You're, you're easy. I actually, uh, I had to call Tristan. I was like, Hey, am I saying your name right? Uh, and then I was, I was watching one of your podcasts and there was a couple of names in there I saw that were like kind of difficult because I just say that for me, that's actually kind of hard because like I'm dyslexic. So sometimes when I'm, when I, when I look at people's names, I, I can't like just pull it right out. Um, well, I'm not dyslexic and trust me, I've had my struggles. It, it is embarrassing sometimes. I, I've <laughs> had a couple where I had to do my intro like three times. I'm like, I'm sorry. And they're like, no, no, no don't worry about it. I'm like, well, now I'm getting more worried about it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when you when you go through those like the, the the second and third introduction, like it start you start to feel the pressure. I was I was actually watching a live podcast the other day, and the host introduced the person, and it was uh, he got his whole profession wrong, and uh, like what he was doing, uh, and it was kind of interesting to watch too because he actually recovered from it pretty well, and the and the guest took it pretty well, and I think it was it was kind of. It was kind of uncomfortable even for the listener when nobody was around for a second. But I did I did kind of like gleam something from that too. And then uh, watching them resolve that live was, was kind of cool. Um, so, you know, you're, you're in charge of customer success. 
at uh, sales and customer success at a motion agency. So tell me a little bit about what customer success is, because I feel like the things that you're making sure are successful will, you know, are, are about improving the show and making sure that they're getting what they want. So maybe dig into that a little bit and uh, tell us what you're doing there. And then, and then maybe we can learn a little bit about how to make a successful show. Yeah, for sure. So I, I basically deal with customers from start to finish, which is ne hopefully finished is never because the show doesn't have to end. Um, and we, our clients have launched shows with us and just continue doing them, which has been awesome for us. Um, and so what customer success looks like for us is uh, we, we talk to our clients once a week. Um, and that's really important to us. Uh, I don't work on a hundred shows. I also don't work on five shows. You know, I, I have not quite a few, but you know, a handful of clients, um, in the double digits that I work with. And I spend half an hour a week, uh, working on their show with them one-to-one -one or one-to-many if they have, you know, three or four people from their team that are on the call. And, you know, what we're doing with our clients and our, belief is, and you know, you mentioned how you saw a video of ours, right? Uh, our belief is that just because a podcast is this audio, audio medium, it's not how every person consumes content. I mean, I'll tell you right now that Tristan listens to more podcasts than I do. Um, and that's my business partner, uh, for anyone uh, he's been on the show also. Um, but he listens to more podcasts than I do. He enjoys that medium of listening more than I do. I think I enjoy probably talking more than he does. Um, but you know, so what you want to do with your show is make sure that you are connecting with people in the way that they like to consume content. And if you're only putting out audio, uh, then you're missing out on people who consume video content. You're missing out on people who like to read um, and, because those people do exist. Some, pe some people want to scroll their phone and they don't want to throw in earbuds and they don't have earbuds when they sit on the couch with their wife and I'm now I'm talking about personal experience uh you know who's watching we're, we're watching the bachelor together and I'm not going to sit there and watch the bachelor um with my 100% full attention but I'm also not going to throw in headphones and uh listen to a podcast while we're watching the bachelor so I want to scroll my phone and read something and there's still great written content that can come out of your podcast you spend 40 minutes with somebody you can write a killer article that's 1500 to 2000 words based on um, that that um, that conversation so you know what our firm does is is make sure that all of that content is getting pushed out, that our, our clients enjoy the content that we're pushing out but then also that their show, uh, is doing exactly what I said up front, which is providing good material for their audience. And so just making sure that we keep our, our eye on the prize, if you will, of, you know, who's the audience and how are we continually providing them um, in materials that are helping them to get better at what they do on a daily basis. And, you know, all of our clients are B2B technology companies. Um, so just making sure to, to always look at kind of, I'd say most of them, their audience is their ideal customer profile. That's who they want listening to their show. And so just making sure that we're putting out content that, uh, that connects with those people, that resonates and helps them to get better at what they do. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And one piece of feedback I got, which I, I you know, I, I wasn't sure. I started transcribing the, the podcast as well and uh, using uh, Descript. I know you guys use that too. Yeah. Um, and 
I was when I first did that, I was like, I, I wonder if this is going to be effective. Like, will people like it? I actually got quite a few people that reached out to me and were like, hey, it's cool that you could transcribe it because they just said they skimmed through it. And uh, they didn't, you know, it's like we talk for however, you know, my podcasts go from like 20 minutes to 40 minutes sometimes. And they just liked that they could just skim through it and uh, find the information that they liked. And for me, that I, I couldn't imagine doing that. But like to your point, like everybody consumes things differently. And uh, so. Yeah. And, and you know, we so we provide three types of assets that are written to our clients. We provide the transcripts, which are like the raw, this is what was said. Uh, we provide show notes, which are 500 to 1,000 words that are actually written in a narrative style. Like here's kind of some of the stuff that went on. These two talked about this. They hit on these topics. And here's some three key takeaways. Here's a profile on the on the guest. And then we do the deeper dive featured articles. And those are 1,500 to 2,000 words. And you know what you're getting is also a side effect of getting some SEO juice um, out of that long form written content. Um, we rank for a ton of stuff. We rank for stuff for our clients and for people who have come on our show um, just because we write so much. Um, yeah. And so having those things in place and, and the whole thing with the podcast and one of the big reasons that we fell in love with it, not only the ability to have a voice, but also the ability to do a lot uh, with a little. Um, yeah. As a small agency, um, marketing has always been hard for us. And Stephen, sure. I'm sure you and your clients can attest to this as well. Um, when you don't have funding, when you don't have, you know, a five person marketing team, and a lot of times you're two owners or you're a staff of 10 or less, and then you have to do marketing initiatives. What we found was the podcast uh, allowed you to do a lot of different things. Uh, and, and, you know, you can look small when you're my, or you can look mighty when you're small, where, you know, you have written vid content, you have video content, you have audio content. People are like, wow, how's a small company or this small marketing team putting out so much? They're putting out stuff every day. Like this is yeah. nuts. And the answer is, is because you're repurposing <laughs> that content out of this episode, really just getting all, you know, wringing it out. Until it's, you're like, okay, we can't do anything more with this episode. Let's go on to the next one. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And, and that's one of the main reasons why I started it too. Cause I was, I was posting on LinkedIn every day and basically writing unique posts every time. Uh, and I enjoyed that and I was getting results from that. But then at the same time, I was like, man, this is like, this is a lot. So like, how could I come up with a, a concept? And then, I mean, truthfully, it wasn't my idea. I was looking at other people. Uh, like I, I think I actually got the idea from Chris Walker and, uh, I actually have him on my show tomorrow, which is, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I was just like, man, you can do a podcast and you don't even have to come up with the content. You know, yeah. you, it's like w when you're doing a webinar or workshop or that stuff, that, that's like, you're going to, I mean, those have advantages too, cause they have this real focused, like thing that you're going to walk away with. Like with a podcast, you're not always going to be able to, to deliver the, the type of content that somebody wants every single time. Uh, but yeah, it's just like now I can produce more, more content than a lot of big companies are. <laughs> and I'm just one guy with my, with my wife and a video editor and just with like a half an hour or an hour a week, uh, we're able to just pump out tons of content, which, uh, yeah, like you said, it just makes you feel like mighty when you're such a small, uh, one of the interesting things is, is that at least for me, when I do talk to people about this stuff, it's some of the, the hardest parts about it are creating all the processes around it. 
like so that you can pump out that much content. When when I do talk to some of these these uh, more traditional firms and stuff, one of their biggest like uh, pain points is just like, man, how do we how are we going to integrate all this into into the company? Like it, it almost like freaks them out because, but it's like you just have to layer it in, and I think it uh, and, and do a little training as you go. But um, so, anyways, uh, so quick question on on Clubhouse. So we were, I was I was chatting with you. Uh, about it on on IM the other day, I'm curious just because you're an audio guy. You guys are doing podcasting. It's like, what has your experience been with Clubhouse? I actually haven't uh, experimented with it too much, and uh, I'm I'm curious to to know what your thoughts are on it, and uh, like where what you guys are planning on doing with it. Yeah, for sure. So Clubhouse is crazy. I mean, you can go get into chat rooms about conspiracy theories you can get into <laughs> chat rooms about sports you can get into chat rooms about inappropriate things i mean there's all sorts of stuff um that it's on that application so you you know you want to make sure to find the things that you're looking for specifically um but in that kind of noise if you will because it's different right so like you get on linkedin and we're all professionals there it, i would equate it more to a twitter where it's like you can get Twitter to be whatever you want Twitter to be, you know, depending on how you manipulate your feed. Um, for us, what our thought is on Clubhouse and the way that we're going to use it, and I've joined some rooms, um, and they've been they've been okay, some better than others. Um, I've been in big rooms. I've been in, in very small rooms where they're kind of pining for people to join you know i think what the way we're gonna try to leverage it is more as a branded aspect of a show of our show um which is going to be like let's say i was interviewing you right now steven um i think the way that we're gonna want to do it and i think is going to be interesting is like put out my podcast with steven and then like a week later steven and i do uh, a clubhouse room where maybe oh, cool. I set you up for some of the similar questions that we talked about and people can listen. Um, and then maybe after 15 minutes or so, we open up the floor to people to be able to interact with the podcast that they just listened to. Like, oh, as you said, you have Chris Walker coming on tomorrow who, you know, just for his profile is probably a more interesting guy than I am. Although I'm sure Steven, you'll say some nice things about me. You don't need to. Um, but <laughs> Chris Walker is a polarizing figure in B2B marketing. You know, if you were to get him onto a clubhouse with you after you put out your episode with him and say, hey, you heard our episode. Now come and, you know, you get to interact with the guy that you were just listening to. And, and you know, the thing about content is um, there's a there's a, um, a, a theory or something behind it. I forget what it's called. But, like, when you hear people in mediums that are radio or video or what have you, um, they they become life uh, they become larger than life type figures. Um, you know, I've seen so many Chris Walker videos at this point. Where, know, me too. You know, <laughs> it, right, and so if he's in a chat room and and you just listen to a piece of audio like this this podcast that's this professionally done podcast, and then you get a, to just go talk to him, it's pretty darn cool like you're listening to the episode you have these thoughts and ideas that unfortunately because it's just a recorded piece of content you don't get to tell anyone your ideas what are you gonna go do tell your you know your significant other that's probably in a different space and medium and they're like 
cool. I'm glad you listened to that podcast, right. you know, thumbs up. Um, but then you could go into a room and interact with the people who you just listened to. I mean, it's kind of a surreal experience and it'll make people, um, I think, feel like they're connecting more with the show. They're getting, they're getting that opportunity, you know, kind of like the price is right. You know, you're the audience, but you're also the show. Um, and I think that's kind of a cool thing for people. Yeah, no, I actually, I think that's a great idea. Cause what I, what I also like about it is that it's like, I like when people have like a theme that crosses across these different platforms. Um, so that like you're, you're kind of somewhat, they're, they're different platforms. It's a different thing, but it's still kind of connected to your brand and kind of like, it's got a, a cohesive idea. Uh, so that's, that's an interesting idea. Uh, I, I definitely have to jump on there. I, I've kind of been resisting, not, not because I'm resisting, uh, like clubhouse in particular, but just, it's like, there's so many things, man. It's like, and, and I'm the, I'm the same way. So you there, are stay focused. Who, there, there are people who live in clubhouse. Um, and I'm not that way, you know, you and I are small business owners. We are, bi- I, I, not to take away from anyone who's not, um, but I don't have the, the time. Unfortunately, I'm dealing with clients. As you mentioned, I head up customer success for us. I'm the point of contact for, you know, the shows that I work with, I'm doing things. So I don't have the chance to um, just kind of like mess around in there. So what am I going to do? And this is kind of the way that we operate is, you know, I'm coming up with a system. And there's going to be a system for the way that we interact with Clubhouse and, and, you know, we're going to have our approach to it versus just like, I'm going to hop in because it is a successful way, just like any sort of social selling or personal branding. uh, I mean, if you're jumping into Clubhouse rooms all the time, people will recognize your face. Like you could build a personal brand that way. Unfortunately, I don't have the time to do that. So I have to take a different approach that's going to be more time sensitive where, okay, I can't spend an hour a day, but instead I'm going to do something more. I'm going to do something that has another level to it where I'm actually like providing this show to the clubhouse community. So my one hour a week that I do is going to be pretty badass in my way that I'm thinking about it. No, I think it's a great idea, man. Um, And yeah, it's like, there's another place I've been playing around with a little bit too, is a TikTok, just experimenting with it. And, uh, and, and I've, I've had to do the same thing there. It's like, I can't, I, I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit posting and that takes a lot of time. But one thing that I, I, I've done in terms of repurposing the content, which works pretty well, is like stacking the the hosts on top of each other. So mm-hmm. it's got the the vertical look to it instead of the, and, and when you do that, it kind of like people can see that uh, it's formatted for that, that, uh, that platform and it does a little bit better. Just like, nice. just, yeah, just something I was thinking about. Well, cool, man. So dance groups on there too. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of crazy stuff on there, <laughs> just like just like clubhouses. It's funny when you step off LinkedIn, like it's like no holds barred, like on these other yeah. platforms. W- one thing that I do find interesting about uh, or TikTok though is that it's changing pretty quickly. So I'm seeing all sorts of different professionals on there and uh, giving away a, a lot of like a lot of marketing on there. Like people will will draw out funnels and draw out marketing material like mm-hmm. just on a on a pad of paper. And then they'll That's record cool. it. Yeah, it's it, it is interesting. It's like it kind of opened my eyes up to like the reason why I liked it actually is just because it, it opened my eyes up to like what else you could be doing. Because mm-hmm. I will say on LinkedIn, it does feel like an echo chamber sometimes. 
And like you can oh, even what gives you that idea. <laughs> and you can even find yourself if you if you consume too much of it, you can find yourself kind of doing the same things. So when, oh, when I, for sure, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about posts that I can't stand, and then if I go a month back, I probably find myself saying the same posts. I know, man. Like I, I go back and I'm like, oh, did I really do that? That's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. So uh, yeah, so tell us a little bit about uh, what you do specifically and uh, how you help people, and then where people can get a hold of you. Yeah. So as I mentioned um, earlier, I run uh, along with my business partner, Tristan uh, Motion. You can find us at motionagency.io. And what we do is we help small, scrappy marketing teams of one to five uh, in B2B SaaS and tech to launch podcasts that uh, not only launch that podcast, but repurpose content that's audio, video, and written content. So uh, you can find us on, you can find the website, like I said, motionagency.io, or you can find me on LinkedIn uh, backslash Justin Brown Motion. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And I'll, I'll link to your stuff as well. Awesome. Uh, but one, one thing I, I just, just as a note, one thing I like about, and I, you made a post on this about LinkedIn, but you, you really found your niche. I like how you, you're so specific in terms of like who the people you help. Uh, that, that, I know that has served you well. I'm always encouraging people to do that with their businesses and with their podcasts. But um, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, we, we talk about it for both. And, you know, for a long time, uh, we were a company that will help anybody. Um, and it's and it's uh, it takes a sense of, of vulnerability to be able to say that I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, it's scary to have a very unique and niched audience either for a podcast or even more scary is for your business. Um, but we, what we have found is since we decided we were going to niche down and be very specific marketing teams, one to five in B2B tech at companies between 50 million and 250 million, um, we have more inbound opportunities now than we ever have. Um, and that sounds counterintuitive because we're now telling a bunch of people that we're not a fit for them. But what we are doing is we're speaking directly to people. Right. And when you're when you're something for everyone, you're not anything to anyone specific. Yeah. Um, and so now when people reach out, not only am I getting more inbound traffic, but also people are pretty far baked into the funnel where like, I don't need to have crazy conversations to convert people into customers. I mean, it's like, yeah, you came to me because this is what you were looking for. Right. Um, you know, and, and so here we are. Let's just talk about it. Um, so, you know, maybe a conversation for another day, Stephen. But um, it was it was a scary thing to do. And uh, it served us very, very well. Yeah, no, I get, I get you. Yeah, and it, it, we could have a whole other conversation about this, too, because, like, I did the same thing, like, my previous company was a tech company. We were building software for everyone. And then after I sold that company and I started to get into my next adventure, I was like dead set on doing that. But it, yeah, it is kind of scary because you're, you're, uh, yeah, you know, that's cool, man. Well, yeah, let's, let's leave a note on that. We'll come back to it. And uh, I did, yeah, I just wanted to say, yeah, I just wanted to say, man, Hey, thanks for being on. It's been a pleasure uh, now talking to you and seeing you on LinkedIn. And I'm looking forward to continuing that relationship, figuring out ways to help you out. I'll link to your stuff and I will uh, try to give you some assets that you can post as well. And uh, I'll, I'll see you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Steven. It was great being on here. All right, man. I'll see you.